Today we're gonna talk about community. What this means to live in relationship with each other. But I wanna start and just open with some prayer over the word as we dive in. Does that sound okay? All right, so pray with me. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the beautiful gift of your word. Thank you for the, the wisdom, the knowledge, the transformation that happens when we say yes to receiving truth. I speak right now a willingness of our hearts to open up, to hear, to receive something fresh this morning, to, to have a new perspective on community today, something that's only gonna come directly from your heart. So I thank you for that. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving and ministering already in our midst to move on the hearts of your people for breakthrough today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, thank you, Andrew. Godspeed, we'll see you in a bit. (laughs) Worship band's gonna be back in a little bit. So like I said, we're talking about community today. And communities, and anybody freak out when I say community? Like, oh God, here we go. Community can be hard sometimes, yeah? That life-on-life relationship, or even, I think there's something innate within us, like we desire community so much. We long for it, but we feel the gaps of it in society. All the things working against community, right? Social media, uh, we're electronizing, something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a word. I think I just made it up. I was trying to track it in my brain. But we've, we've turned everything into mechanics. I interact with robots more than I do people some days, right? My computer, I can order groceries and they just appear at my front door. It's magical. It's so great, but it's reducing the life on life connections that, that we need, that we long for. And statistically, we can't argue against the benefits of community. Like community is just healthy for us. The life that it brings, the goodness that it brings. So a couple of statistics of just the studies that they've been doing on community and how it affects us. Across the board, people with strong social ties have a 50% more likelihood of survival. Just kind of like across the board, 50%. Now, my sarcastic brain goes like, well, yeah, because you trip your slow friend when the zombies show up and you survive. Like, that's where that 50% comes from is, you know, you elbow your slow friend in the ocean and they get bit or stung or whatever happens and you swim, swim, swim. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's what they mean, but it's a joke. (laughs) Everyone's like, I'm not hanging out with her. She's gonna trip me and then make it to survival. I'm like, I will be that 50%. The fight to live, right? It's okay, it's funny. It didn't land though. That's cool. It's like when I worked in kids' church and I would tell a joke that would go straight over the kids' heads and I'm like, laugh. It's funny, I'm funny. If you have to tell people you're funny, that's a rough one. But this is what's real, so 50%. Also talking about mental health, with strong social ties, you're 50% less likely to develop like mental health challenges of anxiety and depression and all that because you're in community, 50%. So then we dig into like the, the health benefits of it. 30, about 30% reduced heart disease and stroke and all these other things. 
that when you're in strong social connections, it's good for us. It does something to us. It's not the end all be all like you're sick and you're like, I just need a friend. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But life in community does something to us. And I think I feel it the most when I've been distant from community. I feel those gaps in like, I feel the unraveling happen. A couple weeks ago, I was sick and I live that roommate life. So when I get sick, I like cocoon in my room. I keep all my germies to myself and bring my gallons of water and Gatorade and applesauce. I always want applesauce when I'm sick. So I get a big old thing of applesauce and I just hunker in. Like if I'm sick enough to not be working and doing things, like I'm in my bed, doors closed, my dog's freaking out because she's not okay. Like the world's unraveling in her perspective. And this is what I do. So I cocoon away and I just sleep it off because I'm miserable when I'm sick and I know that full drama. And so I hunker in, but it's like clockwork that a couple days into this, the mind games start. I'm like, I get it. Why isolation is like a form of torture because I start getting crazy. Anybody else like been alone for a couple days? I get all up in my head. I'm, what am I? Why am I? Do I have any purpose anymore? Like it, you start to get in your head. You start to feel a little crazy. And then I'm like, I haven't used enough words and I haven't looked anybody in the eye and Netflix doesn't count. And I haven't hugged anybody and the unravel, the brain spiral. And I'm about 80% of a flight risk on a good day. And it's like extra in those moments. I'm like, might as well hop on a plane. Like can't even open your computer and stare at it, but you should get on a plane and go somewhere. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Why? Because I'm disconnected. Because there's something built innately within us that says you need each other. You need it. And I'm a quick fall over that ledge after being alone. I know different people have different capacities. I was joking with my roommate and she's like, I'm about like four or five days. I'm like 24 hours. If I've been alone for 24 hours, game over. But thank goodness on Saturday, a friend of mine texted, hey, can I call you? I'm like, yes, please call me. Cause I'm just sitting there crocheting away. Cause that's my current coping mechanism is just crochet a bunch of stuff. So I get on the phone with her and immediately I feel relief. Immediately I start to feel like, oh, I'm not alone. We talk for a little bit, we're getting off the phone. And she's like, thanks so much for like taking time out of your Saturday. I was like, thank you for calling. Cause I got all my crazy energy out on you. And then I'll be like semi-normal tomorrow at church with all the people. If you ever see me coming with crazy eyes, I've probably been by myself for a couple days. This is just what it is. But can we agree? We need community. We get a little crazy when we're alone too long, but why? We can understand conceptually this, but there is something built beneath the surface within us. There is a deeper rooted why of this community piece that we have to step back and fully comprehend to, I believe, really value and engage in the challenging parts of community. When I understand, man, it's gonna be hard, but, but I need it, but it, it's worth it, but it's built within my DNA to live in this, you're gonna press through in a little different way. Is that making sense? Yeah. All right. So if we're gonna find the root of it, we gotta go where? The Bible. We gotta go to the Bible to find truth in this. And from the beginning, I love the first couple chapters of scripture. God says, let us make man in our image. 
Within God, us, those are plural statements. Us, our, within God, there's community happening. There's connection. And from that, what did he do? He made Adam to live in relationship with him and name all the animals. Like what a cool job. That'd be rad. And to live in community and connection and operate in the earth together. But then what did he say? Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. So he whipped up Eve. He's like, there you go. Community. And then it continues. I mean, things got a little messy there in the middle. Things got a little weird, right? Things come in, sin comes in, and things begin to unravel. But God keeps pressing for what? Family, community. He forms an entire people group. Hey, you're going to be my people, and I'm going to draw you to myself. Then we drop into the New Testament, and we see this reality of being in Christ. So, hello, church. We are all seated in Christ. When you say yes to a life in Jesus, it's not Jesus fitting in my little heart box. There is that element. That's an aspect of it, of I surrender my life to you, Lord. Come be Lord and Savior over my life. But then what happens is you get picked up and you get dropped into this reality of being seated in Christ. And this is like Ephesians 1 galore. Because in Christ, we have redemption and blessing and destiny and identity and inheritance. All of these things come from being in him. It's all going to flow from this reality of being in Christ. We're all seated in Christ. But the beautiful part about this is I'm not the only one who has said yes to, be, to being seated in Christ. All y'all did too. Believers all over the world from the beginning of time have said yes to this reality. So it's not little old me in Christ, it's us seated in Christ. So by being in Christ, I immediately am seated in oneness with all of you. You can't choose one or the other. You can't just be like, well, I just love Jesus, but not his church. I'm like, are, like, like, if you're tapping your toe and you're in. You might be able to like think you're not and try and live like you're not, but the truth is you are. And that's what happens when we say, I'm seated in Christ, I get picked up and I get put in this oneness and in this connection. And scripture then gives this in Christ reality a name and he calls it the church. That's us. So in Christ, you are invited to live a part of the church. Now this word in Greek is called ecclesia. You say it with me? Ecclesia, it's an assembly, it's a gathering. The definition of community is a group of people with a particular thing in common. So it could be a location, an identity, a hobby, uh, anything. But what's our in common? Jesus. He's our in common. So we form this ecclesia, this assembly. But this word in Greek, I love the original language because there's so much depth to it. It's not just like a noun, but it's a verb. Because the definition of ecclesia means a calling out. There is an active element to this word ecclesia that says you're not just like together to be together. You're together to come alive to be active, to participate in kingdom mission, kingdom vision. 
So it's not just like, cool, I'm the church, check. It's a bringing in to be an active participant. You can't sit on the sidelines as the church. Be drawn to the center of it. Is this making sense? Tracking? All right. So this is the call. It's why that press in communities, we fight a little bit of this battle of like the spirit of me because we want to make it all about us. Anybody else? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Don't leave me alone on this one. We're selfish. Society's telling it selfies. It's my page. It's my Instagram. It's mine. Mine, mine, mine. It's for me. It's what can I get out of this? We are living with this and we press against it because I'm not the church. We are the church. I can't be the church by myself. That'd be stressful. I don't like stress. Say no to stress, right? We have to be the church together in this. Tracking? All right. So from this identity of we, scripture, I love scripture for this. It's so important that there are over 50 metaphors to describe the church's function in the earth. Over 50. We're going to talk about all 50 today. I'm kidding. We're going to talk about two. We're just going to talk about two. We're going to talk about being the bride and being the body. Everybody take a deep breath. Oh my God, she's going to keep us here forever. (laughs) Yes, because we're the church. You're stuck with me. Right? It's like getting duct taped together. You can't undo that. There's always a little bit left over. All right. So we're the bride. Let's go read this here in Isaiah 54 verse 5. It says, for your maker is your husband. You can't get away from that. Your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. This picture of being the bride of Christ is union. It's connection. It's covenant. It's togetherness. It's in Christ. This is like the world's ultimate power couple. That's what's happening in this. Between Jesus and his bride, we come together and we get stuff done in the earth. This is, this is what we are called to live in, is this connection and community. This is why when you're alone, when I was in bed for several days and I was going a little crazy, because I'm meant to be part of the bride. I'm meant to be connected. And we feel the gaps when we're not living in that. Tracking? Amen. So we need this. And this picture of the bride has such a beautiful arc, but I do wanna, in Revelation 19, seven through nine, it gives us like an image of where this is going. Cause this isn't just like a now thing. This is like hope and future and the beauty of what's coming. So let's read it. In Revelation 19, verses seven through nine, it says, let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. This is prophecy. This is what's coming. The marriage of the lamb has come and his bride, us, has made herself ready. This is what we're doing right now. We're being made ready. We're participating in this. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited into the marriage supper of the lamb. 
And he said to me, these are the true words of God. This is what we're doing. This is the full picture. We're preparing. And we've all had experiences with weddings and brides and all that. There's a lot of preparation that goes into that day, amen? <laughs> That's real. Helped a lot of friends get married and there's a lot of work that goes into getting her ready to walk down the aisle. That's what we're living in right now is a preparation. As the community and the body of Christ, we are preparing, we are purifying. It's why we show up to church. It's why we read the Bible. It's why we do all of these things because we are becoming more like Christ in preparation for this moment of union, permanent covenant union that is coming. We are called into this reality. It's like, it gets me excited. Anybody else? This is cool. Like Jesus is literally like, hey, I've chosen you to be my bride. That feels special to be chosen like that, to be invited into that type of relationship. God's not a God. Other religions are like, hey, just do all this stuff. Like God's, little G, God's. They just want you to do a bunch of stuff for them and there's not a lot of personal benefit to followers. This is a completely different system of truth. He's the one true God. And he says, not only am I, am I feeding identity into you and purpose, but I've invited you into this perfect union with me. That's huge. That's special. This has to be at the core of how we form communities. Because when I'm living life on life with you and it starts getting a little edgy, cause it's gonna, I have to remember, hey, I'm talking to part of the bride. Am I gonna treat his bride like this? That is a check, friends. When I get frustrated, I gotta put that down real quick because am I going to live and interact with the bride out of frustration? No, there's accountability in this. And we have to do this together. You feel, you feeling it? It's okay. We're going to be the bride. It's going to be great. So this is where it's at. And I've been so captivated by, gosh, God just keeps saying, like, I'm so jealous for my people. Culture has twisted jealousy into this, like, icky thing right? Because it's, it's to control. Like I'm jealous because I want your attention so I can control you. Holy jealousy is not that. He's jealous for our attention because you can't half marry someone. But how many of us are acting like we're half married to Christ? I've got one foot in and I've got one foot out. My behavior is not showing that I'm fully engaged and committed. And he's like, I'm jealous for you for your time, your attention, your affection, because he knows and he realizes that the fullness of life happens in him as the church, as the ecclesia, as the called out ones to live in this way. Right. He's jealous for this and he's after us. He's pursuing our hearts in this. So when we're engaging in community, this has to be the undercurrent because this is the identity that we form community out of. I don't just get together with you because it's fun. It is fun. Don't get, don't get me wrong. People of Jesus can have a party. We get to have fun together, amen? It's not all so serious and that's not what we're doing. But it's from this place of identity that it has to come. 
So this is where it's rooted from, but then let's talk about how it functions. We are called the body. As we start to talk about being the body of Christ, this is a little bit of then those like internal dynamics of how we start to walk this out. So we're gonna read, there's lots of places where scripture talks about the body, but we're gonna head to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, tracking, for as the body is one, one body, many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. I love scripture for this. Cause it's like, I'm gonna say it and then I'm gonna say it in reverse and then I'm gonna say it again and then I'm gonna say it in reverse. So you like get it, get it. So it's like one body, but lots of people. It's like lots of people, but they're one body. Because we have to understand this. One body, lots of people, lots of people, part of one body. Then he continues in verse uh, 13. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into, say it with me, one, come on, one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And the Greek word for one is one. That's what this means. And the Greek word for many is many. This is what it's saying. Hey, you're a lot of people connected as one, but you're still individuals. And then I love where this picture goes. We're not gonna read the whole thing but it's like the hand is talking to the eye and is like, well, I'm not the eye, so I'm not part of the body. And the eye's like, well, I'm not a foot, so I'm not part of the body. How often do we do this? Well, I don't have that gift, so I'm like not in the in crowd. I'm not on that team, so I'm like not part of that club. And we compare and we judge and we criticize and we let all this icky stuff get in to this life in the body. We can't all be hands, because if the body was just a bunch of hands, it's not a body, it's a pile of hands. And that's gross. It's all the parts together forming one body. And they have to live and function together. And I love where this chapter takes it in verse 26. It says, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. One body, members individually. If we didn't get it the 75 times before. We're gonna sink or swim together, guys. It's not just one person rising and one person falling. When I was sick and my sinuses were a hot mess, what happened? My whole body was a hot mess. I didn't just go like, all right, sinuses, you just go ahead and handle that yourself. No, the rest of me compensated. At one point, I couldn't breathe out of my nose. So what do you think happened? Started breathing out of my mouth. But I didn't stop there and go like, well, guess my sinuses are never gonna work again. That part's just dead to me. 
What did I do? I started doing the things that I know are going to heal it. You take the vitamins, you take the medicine, you do this thing. And I keep getting criticized. Tell me if anybody else does this. I'll heat up like a hot cup and rub it on my face. No? I got a couple weird looks. I was really hoping someone would come through for me on that one this morning. Okay, but next time you're sick, I want the picture of you rubbing a mug on your face. Yes, Mike Shecker. He's back there rubbing his coffee cup on his face. It works because it's warm and it's like the pressure of like the ceramic. It does work. My roommate also caught me and was like, what are you doing? Like, trust me, it's gonna clear it all out. But what did my body do? It started compensating. It started picking up the slack to fill in the gaps of this moment. This is what the body does. So we are the bride moving in oneness and unity and connection, and we are the body, many parts working together as one. Let's go read in Mark chapter two, this super rad story. Gotta get all the way over there. Mark. All right, Mark chapter two, starting in verse one. It says, and again, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Jesus in the house, right? We're ready for the party. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. That's right. Jesus shows up, packed house. That's for real. Verse three, then he came, then sorry, they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which Jesus was laying. What? Are you kidding? This moment, can you imagine? You're sitting in this room, Jesus is preaching, packed house, no space anywhere. And you start hearing like raccoon noises on the roof. Then you start seeing like the roof get open. Poor person whose ever house this was. Like, man, that was my roof, right? The roof gets ripped open and then you're sitting there and then you just see this mat start to lower. What? Like I'd be in that room being like, yeah, I knew something cool was gonna happen. Jesus showed up. All the cool stuff happens when he's in the room, right? Can you imagine being in this moment? Can you imagine being that friend showing up and being like, oh no, we can't get in. Well, sorry, buddy. Like, or maybe let's just sit and wait and like wait for some people to leave and then we'll get in. No, these four guys were like, you know what we could do? We could climb the roof with our paralyzed friend because that's not dangerous at all. Get up there and rip open the roof and let you lower in right in front of Jesus's face. Hi, community. Are you willing to rip the roof off for someone else? I don't know, let's see what happens. So when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, that's plural. It wasn't just one. It wasn't just the paralyzed guy. He saw their faith in this. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoned in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, because Jesus got that Holy Spirit antenna 
shoot now. When Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. I think both are a little challenging, but let's just, let's give them this one. Jesus continues, but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, he rose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Yeah, you never saw anything like this because Jesus does crazy stuff all the time. But what's happening in this? Culturally, something wild is going on. If you were paralyzed or disabled or anything like that, two things would have happened. As an infant, you either would have been killed or abandoned or left for dead, horrible, or you'd live a really rough life. You'd be rejected from society because they believed that if you had physical ailments, it was connected to sin. That's not what's real. That's not true, but they were afraid of that. So they would kick you out of society. They would judge you. How much judginess is in the church? Oh, you like have that issue? Oh my, that's rough. And we judge. When community fights for breakthrough for each other, put down judgment. Cause we all have things that are paralyzing us. We all do. Some are easier to hide than others. But we all have moments where we're that man on that mat going, I can't walk, I can't get to my breakthrough. I need community, I need friends who are gonna pick me up and get me there. And when judgment falls, guys, when this drops, do you know what, what makes room? Vulnerability. Because when I'm not afraid to be judged, I can be vulnerable with you and I can be like, man, I need help. I've got this thing. Because right now in society, we're having a massive issue with isolation, which is not enough interactions, but an even greater challenge is loneliness. And loneliness says, I'm in a crowded room, I'm with my friends and I'm still lonely. I'm disconnected. Only 39% of adults say that they feel connected to people, 39%. Over half of US adults say they experience loneliness daily. Over half experience loneliness. That's isolating, that's hard, that's disconnection, why? Because we're interacting, but those interactions are shallow. Hey, how are you, good, how are you? Good, cool. Oh, look, look this funny Instagram video I found. But I'm like actually really hurting inside and I just want you to ask me like how I genuinely am and listen for a second. Or you show up for a friend and you're unwilling to listen. You're just waiting to interject and talk about your day when they're actually burying their soul and you cut them off. This is a problem and it's because we've lived in judgment, we've disconnected, we're backing up from people and we have to press against these things pushing back the other direction against it. And I'm not advocating for codependency in this. That's codependency is when you lose yourself and your identity in pursuit of these connections. Like I stop meeting my needs because I'm, all, I'm only concerned about meeting yours. 
I lose myself because I'm just warping my identity into you. How many times did we say one body, many members, many members, one body? We maintain us in the midst of community and we don't dance that line of codependency. Where we do live is interdependent. Interdependency says I'm a whole person that is stepping in and is gonna live in a mutual exchange of relationship. Where there will be temporary compensations. My sinuses needed a temporary compensation of breathing through my mouth, but that wasn't forever. That wasn't gonna be the permanent state that then I lived in. The check on this, the dance of whether you're like dancing in codependency or you're living in healthy interdependence with each other, saying like, man, you might be carrying my breakthrough. The difference in that is, are you always the same person in the story? Ask yourself, are you always the paralyzed person on the mat needing help? Are you always the person picking up the mat and carrying other people? Are you always the bystander in the room? Interdependence says we're all gonna play these different parts together at different times to live in this dynamic community as the bride and as the body celebrating, unified, all the beautiful things that are required in this. But what does this need? It needs, we need to put down judgment. We need to embrace vulnerability. We have to fight for health with each other. We have to press for it. Now, this is the picture of what God wants in community. Absolutely, but as I prepared for today, and I'm gonna invite the band to come back as I prepared for today and ministry team, armor up, because here we go. The Lord said, yes, this is the picture. The bride, the body, amazing, yes. But he said, my people are carrying things that are preventing them from even stepping in to the potential of this. We're carrying things, they're spiritual realities that literally just need to be shattered that literally just need to be broken off, that need to be taken down. We've made agreements with things, with realities, with truths that are preventing us from even engaging, from even going like, okay, so I, like I want to, I want to live fully as the bride. I want to be a healthy member of the body, but I just can't because we've got to put some stuff down today. Some of those things are resentment. We had a team of people praying into this this week. These spiritual things that are holding us back. Resentment. Are you carrying resentment? Are you carrying bitterness? Are you living from fear? When I say, hey, be known in community, if you're living from fear, you probably went, <gasps> that, oop, nope, I'm not gonna do that. Because fear, fear is preventing you from going like, this is who I am. Those past experiences of hurt. This was one I heard this week. Well, I'm an introvert, so I don't really need community that much. That's a lie. God did not create you to not be connected. This is not what it is. 
So right now, I want to I wanna take a second and take a moment to ask this question. What is my barrier that needs to fall today? That sound okay? All right. Lord, thank you for your presence, your spirit right now. Yeah, we pause, we take a breath with you. We're not gonna hold ourselves back from this moment. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, we wait for you. Yeah, I just feel like to, to begin this moment, to just say, uh, to re there's a release of your heart to long for community again. That some of us have completely even shut down the space for the desire for this. We've just turned it off like a light switch. So right now, if that's you, if you feel like, yeah, I don't even know how to want this anymore, can you just picture yourself walking up to a light switch on a wall, walk up to it, turn it on, see the light come through. Yeah, and ministry team, uh, you guys can move around the room. If you just feel someone put their hands on you, they're just partnering with what God is doing with you in this moment. Yeah, with those light switches on right now, let's ask this question together out loud. Father God, what is my barrier that I have agreed with, that I am living with, that is preventing me from stepping into healthy intimacy? And listen for it. Yeah, maybe you saw a person, like someone popped into your head, a relationship that carried a lot of brokenness. Just stay in this moment with the Lord. Keep, keep engaging with him in it. But if that was you, that you saw a, like a person's face, would you just identify yourself? Raise your hand. If you felt like you saw a person or saw a situation, yeah. So I just, I wanna release the ones who that was to just walk into a moment of um, forgiving that person, whatever that looks like for you, whatever those moments of hurt um, that opened up that door, those barriers to connection, uh, just take, take that time with you and the Lord in that moment to release forgiveness to them. And if you heard like a thing, resentment, bitterness, fear, frustration, anxiety. I think overwhelmed, that was one that the team felt. 
I'm just so overwhelmed, there's just too much. I, I, I can't add one more thing of community and connection. You're just believing that you're just so overwhelmed you don't have time for community, it's a lie. So whatever that thing was, can you, can you visualize a wall with that word written on it in front of you? Look at it, see it in front of you. What's the word on that wall? And I want you to look down in your hands because Holy Spirit wants to put a weapon in your hands. What weapon did he give you? Was it a sledgehammer? Was it a hammer? Was it his presence? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for these weapons that you just put in our hands. I want you to walk towards that wall and start slamming at it. It's demo time right now in the spirit. And watch this wall fall. If you feel like, oh, I didn't get a weapon put in my hands, that's okay. Because I believe the ones who didn't see a weapon, Holy Spirit wants to tear down that wall for you. You just get to stand there and watch it happen. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and you crash down these walls for us. Tear it down right now. Shatter it. Yeah, oh, I just felt like a, like a wave of heat. If you just felt heat, like a rush of heat. That anybody? You just felt like warm, warm, hot heat? Couple people? Um, yeah, I feel like God just lit a match, set that wall on fire to burn down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And with that wall in crumbles, can you just visualize yourself walking over that thing? Walk to the other side. Walk to the other side. Get on the other side of that rubble. If there was a little bit of wall lift, that's okay. You could climb right up it. Holy Spirit can provide a ladder if you need one to get to the other side of this. And I just feel like in this moment, the Lord is saying welcome to the new space where connection and intimacy can happen in a fresh way. This is where you were created to live. Father, I thank you right now for the seal on this moment, the seal of your presence to come and solidify this. This just changed how we connect. So we shatter and we break the old actions and patterns, those habits or bridges that are behind us that just got demolished. They're not even an option anymore. The broken thought patterns. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that there's no going back from this moment. There's only engagement into healthy life giving community. We receive right now, would you guys just open your hand, if they're not already, open your hands in front of you and just say, I receive the identity 
that we are the bride, that we are the body, that we are your church. And I receive every reality that comes with these truths. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for sealing this in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, family. Well, this week, go live as the bride, as the body, as the ultimate power couple for the world. Because they're gonna know us by our love for each other and they're gonna encounter him through us, through this new way of living. And I do realize that some people might be having um, some, some deep things happening in their heart. Our ministry team is gonna hang out for a bit. Please come get prayer. Come get prayer. If you're watching with our online campus, reach out to your stream team host and get prayer. Don't leave without this being so concretely within you. Because it's time, church. Amen? Amen.